0: The Buffalo Bills.
1: What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore. Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English, joined today by my co-host, Zach Hamill, for another NBA podcast episode. Zach, how we doing?
0: Good, man. What's going on?
1: Not a lot. We are closing in on the end of the NBA season. I'm actually going to the Raptors-Oklahoma City game tonight, so I'm excited to see some more NBA action. Maybe not the most enticing game, but a
0: game nonetheless. Yeah, I mean hopefully, uh, hopefully like five guys don't get hurt each. I say that kidding around, but it's like every single game now, somebody's going down. I know. It's been a it's been a tough year as far as injuries that have kind
1: of um derailed a lot of good teams, and I think we'll be able to talk about that a little bit when we talk about our east and west um top ten teams as far as playoffs are concerned as we're going into these last few weeks here. But we're gonna start with something that ESPN had put out. I wanna say about Two three weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, um, and it was a list of NBA players under top or under twenty five with the most you know potential for the future. And it took a lot of heat because Zion Williamson was number two, and bigger. I think the bigger one was Lamelo Ball being at number three already. So you and me are going to go uh, top ten under twenty five, um, and kind of give our own list compared to that one. So I'm going to let you start with your number 10 and we'll work our way up going back and forth. I think it's going to be a really interesting list because I think we might only have one or two the same and I think we're going to have a lot of the same players, but I think it's going to be in a lot of different spots.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm ready either way. Um just to I just want to make sure are you coming from um like to draft somebody right now to start your team or like who's the best right now in the league? i'm go i was kind of going off like future potential so okay like kind of like if you
1: um i would say more towards if you were starting a team right
0: now kind of okay all right yeah okay then we're on the same page um so at my number 10 i have um Let me, oh, okay. I, I made two lists just in case. At number 10, I have Jalen Brown on the Celtics. Um, Like, if we were doing the other way, I would have had him a little bit higher, but I do think, I think he's pretty much where he's what he's going to be now, which is a really good player. You know, he's a solid two. He does a lot of things for you, but I think, like, um, uh, he's probably who he is for the rest of his career, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, he's a very solid player. I think he'll be a guy
1: that's going to be a multiple-time all-star, but I don't know if he's ever going to reach – a superstar level, I think he's kind of in that Zach Levine, CJ McCollum kind of category where they're never going to be able to carry a team their, themselves, but they're going to be a valuable 2-3 guy that has a lot of value, especially I mean, him defensively is very good for the Celtics. But yeah, I think he's pretty much right near or at his um, peak for his um, his career right now. Who uh, Jeff? I went with De'Aaron Fox. I think he is one of the most, if not the most explosive point guard in the NBA right now. I know you could probably still make an argument for Russ, even though he's getting a little bit older. Um, I think Fox's change of pace ability. And I just think it's hard to judge him in Sacramento because he's been so good there, but they've never really had like a legit number two threat next to him. Like they've gotten guys like Bagley and Buddy Heald and players like that, which are nice players, but he's never had that, you know, second guy. I mean, even if you look at a player like John ja Morant, he's got Jaron Jackson, who I think is way better than anyone that uh, De'Aaron's played with, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, he just missed the cut for me. But if you told me like tomorrow he was going to go to another team, I'd probably put him on there. I just don't think it's, I think he's. Gonna, I think he's been the, probably one of the worst franchises in sports. And I just don't think it's going to turn around. I don't think he's going to get the help that you're talking about that he needs. Who do you have at number nine? Uh, Trey. I maybe that's low. I don't know. I I've always kind of come around, come out on the downside with him. It's just a size effort thing with him. You know he's. He's gonna be able to do the stuff he does with with all the flash and finesse stuff for as long as he wants wants to. But until he starts really, really trying to fight through screens and like playing defense, like I think this year we're gonna see in the playoffs him just get picked on like he never has been, even in even up till now, which is a lot. But I think you're gonna see every fourth quarter of every game he's just, they're just gonna go at him over and over and over again, and I think he's gonna fight through him like Steph does. Yeah. Like, and uh, I shouldn't just be negative. I should say he's he's really fun to watch sometimes, and he's had a good year. But I just think the other guys on this list are i I just can't move- move them ahead of them, yeah, um, to be completely honest, I don't even have Trey Young on my top ten.
1: he was number uh twelve for me um I went with Devin Booker at number nine um Booker, I think this year you're kind of seeing his potential of what he really can be and now that he has legitimate point guard next to him and Ayton's continued development and then they have the shooters around him with Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, all these you know three and D type players and Booker's kind of the go-to guy. Um, I'm interested to see once the playoffs come around if game time comes down to it if Chris Paul is going to let Devin Booker do his thing or is Chris Paul going to get some more looks but I think Devin Booker is still has a little bit more to go to reach his ceiling. I think he's just more valuable to a team than Trey Young is. Um, like, Trey Young's super fun to watch. He's an elite shooter. I think he might even be a better shooter than Devin Booker, but I think Devin Booker's overall game is
0: a lot better than Trey Young's. Yeah, I have Booker here. I, I, have, I have him a little bit higher, though. Um, my number eight, I have Ban uh, bio. He's, you know – a lot of the guys on this list are guards. Just I think that the way the league's played now, it's tough to take a big man over a guard if they're like even close to the same, offensively. But everything he does, just as far as like the Draymond stuff on defense, and then him kind of running point forward for them, is pretty unique. And there's just really no flawed part of his game at all. And I just think um, that they're gonna they're gonna be a kind of team that keeps retooling on the fly. So I'm really interested to see where they go next year and stuff like that. But that's like a piece that they, they, they're they never going to get rid of, that they're going to keep counting on, that I'll at least have them in contention every year. Yeah, I have them a bit higher on my list. Um, not much higher, but a little bit.
1: Um, I went with LaMelo at number eight. That might be a little bit low. I just need to see more from him. Obviously, he's had a great rookie year. I think, obviously, we've talked about before, and you have been the first to say that, you were uh, a little bit wrong on your thoughts about him um, coming into the NBA, but um, when I saw the list of him number three above, like all these guys, I just couldn't believe. Like I know he's had a great year, but he's still well off on his shooting. He needs to become a way better like mid-range and three-point shooter. Um, I mean, his passing and you know change of direction is really good, and I think he'll grow defensively just because of how tall and lengthy he is. Um, and I think Charlotte's you know, overachieved this year. So I'm interested how he plays going forward, especially with a lot of guys on that team that I'm not sure what they're going to do with them as far as like Rosier, uh, Graham, you know, Zeller and them are going to be freed. And so we'll see what they do in their front court Um, bridges. He has a good connection with, with the lobs and everything, but um I just really couldn't think to put him higher above a lot of these guys um, ahead of him just because I just haven't seen enough of it yet. And I understand the, Bam argument because I think guards are obviously way more important in the NBA than um, a big is, but um, I'll talk about Bam when I get to him here. In a few th- uh, a few picks, but I had Lamelo at eight.
0: So I have him missing, and it's not it's nothing to do with me being wrong about him. I like you said I will own that, but um, the guys in this top ten are all really good, like they've proven it. The youngest guy to go for the remainder of this is for me is Moran, which is coming up next, but. I think well, I think people are confusing being, being surprised by how good he is with, like, him already have arriving, you know. And the jumper I don't really trust yet. Um, you know, the defense is going to come. But, like, I just – I can already say he's going to be better than Lonzo. I think that's pretty safe. I think he's going to be a star. But everyone on this list is a star. And I think, you know, tinfoil hat stuff, I think ESPN threw him up there that high to get people to talk about the article, which worked. And, um, he's really fun. Like I'm gonna when he comes back from injury, there'll be a high le- high on my league pass list for sure next year. But I can't like, you know, say that he's Jason Kidd after seeing 40 games. You know, I, I mean, he's got the potential. And if we do this list again next year, maybe he is up at three or five or something like that. But you can't. I mean, it's not like Charlotte was on the on pace to you know be the two seed or get home court in the playoffs or anything like that. Like he he was a nice surprise. And we'll see where it goes from there. But that's why I left him off. And then my next one is John Morant. Um, He just needs the jumper to come. Really, that's it. Because he is rangy on defense. I mean, he still has to fix some rotation stuff. But everyone does when they're a second-year guy. And they're missing They their second-best player all year. And they just, like, they get something different out of each guy each night. But he's the one guy you can count on. And I really thought they were going to be a team that steps back this year then it seems like they're pretty safely going to be in, if not at the eight seed in the playing game for sure. And if you would have told me that Jaron Jackson was going to miss the whole year and they'd be relying on like Dylan Brooks every night, I would have said that they'd miss the playoffs. I just think he's uh, he's he's really great.
1: Yeah, I also have John Moran at seven. All the same reasons you just said. Um, and, you know, like you said, beginning of the year without Jaron Jackson, I think we were talking about them being in that. Maybe they'll make that 9-10 be in that play-in or just be on the outside looking in just because of all the talent in the West. But, yeah, they've done a really good job. Um, Valen Shunas has played well for them. They've gotten con- constant uh, contributors off the bench. I mean, Grayson Allen's actually been playing really well for them lately. Um, but, yeah, Josh is so shifty. Um, he does everything off on offense. And his shooting definitely needs to get better, but I'm happy to see that. Even though his jumper and three aren't, you know, the greatest he's not, like, willing to shy away from it. Like, some guys will leave him open and he still will shoot it. I feel like there's some other young guards in the league where they're hesitant to shoot those type of shots because they don't want to have the numbers look bad, where Jaw's kind of just letting it fly and, let you know, live to see another day and learn and continue to grow with his game. So, big fan of his.
0: Yeah, he's the man. Um, so... I probably would have Jamal Murray around this spot, but I I just scratched him completely partly because I was just kind of a bummer to talk about. And like, I really, you really don't know what you're going to get for a full year. Like he's been kind of beat up a lot in his career. Never like this, but I just, um, it's just a, kind of a thing that I can't count on. So I scratched him completely and I had, and like, I, that means I, I, I bumped everybody up. So I'm not going to be double dipping here, but, um, I have Donovan Mitchell here now. Um, Maybe the same kind of thing as Jalen Brown, like I was saying earlier, where he really has not a lot of more room to grow. But I've said that every year, and he's he keeps getting better. Like, um, and that's not the same injury at all. You know, he rolled his ankle, which also don't you think that guy like whipped his leg around on purpose? Yeah, he did, hundred percent. No one was really saying that. I figured it'd be a bigger story, but I don't know. Maybe if they like talked shit to each other before, it would be. But I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that was gross. But anyway, yeah, Mitchell leading the best team in the league. Um, He's their best player, I think, is safe to say. You can say Gobert if you'd like to, and I wouldn't no, fight you no on way. it. But... No way. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, then, never mind. Um, he's just really solid. He adds stuff to his game every year. The shooting is consistent enough now where I think it's going to stay. And he's just a killer. Like, he turns down in the fourth quarter over and over and over again. And um, I don't know. I think you're in good shape if you're going forward with him.
1: Yeah. So, this is where I have Bam at. I have Bam at six. Um Pretty much everything you had said is um, completely true. I think the thing that might separate Bam, and it's a big if going forward, if he's able to extend his game to the three-point line, like, watch out. Because his mid-range this year has been very good, like, consistently good. Like, whenever he shoots it, I'm thinking it's going in. And he's taken some threes this year and made some, not at, like, a high clip. But if he can get a three going, he's going to be a very hard player to guard. He brings it on both ends of the floor all night. And to me, he makes one or two plays a game almost every game where he just makes your jaw drop or just like makes an insane play to like either keep you in a game or win you a game. I mean, I keep thinking back to when he blocked Tatum in the playoffs last year. Like the physics of that block are still like really unreal. Like. There are doctors that broke down that shot and said that literally should not have been possible based on like the ball and how, like, how your finger strength work. Um, He's just a really fun player. I mean, obviously, I'm probably a little more biased because I'm a Heat fan, um, but I think if he can get into big if, if he can get that range continually going back, um, I think he's going to be a huge threat going forward.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to come. Um with those guys you can usually tell with how they shoot free throws. And like you said, his mid range looks so smooth and it's like it's never like rattling in. It seems like it's it's like pretty flush all the time. Um I just would I'd be shocked if he doesn't eventually. I'm sure he's he's working on it. That's the thing that I think's definitely coming and it's a good point. Uh it'll it'll stretch out driving lanes for everybody else and you know, it'll it'll help everybody on the team. Uh we, we have five? Yep. Uh okay, I have Simmons. Um I just think I think having a wing that can shut down the best wing on the other team is just such a luxury to have. You know, we can relitigate the shooting stuff all we want. I don't think anyone wants to hear that. Because people are it's like politics, man. People have made up their mind on that one. <laughs> they're not gonna change their opinion. So I really don't want to do it anymore. But he uh like every time MB get NB gets hurt, they don't really fall in the rankings at all. It's happened a couple of times now while they're both together. Simmons carries the shit pretty well. Um Danny Green's got it back going again. And I think a lot of that has been getting it to him in the right spots. Um, him and Tobias have been really good this year when Embiid's been down. And I don't know. I just think, I think Houston will regret not trading for him for the next five, six years. I'm actually surprised that
1: I'm going to have Ben Simmons higher on my list than you are. <laughs> yeah, so am I. <laughs> um, I had Zion um, at five. So, Zion's obviously been having a great year. I think his last stretch of probably 10-15 games have been really really good. I mean, he just bodies guys in the paint. Um, He's been better this year defensively than I thought he was. Um, Honestly, my biggest concern with him is just going to be injuries going forward just because the way he plays is just so unique and he uses so much power and force with that big of a frame. I know he's lost and slimmed down a, a little bit going into the year, but It's still a concern. And it's kind of the same thing with Simmons a little bit as far as the shooting. I know he shot threes, you know, a handful of times here, not like consistently. Um, But I think it's a little bit different just because the way Ben plays is very downhill, you know, elite passing. And I think Zion's a good passer. I think he still has room to grow there. Um, Honestly, I think the only thing that's having me hold it back farther is I want to see him play another year or two. Um, and play full seasons and get healthy. And I want to see him in the playoffs because, you know, Ben's been there and done that. Um, and I want to see what Williamson can do in the playoffs when it really counts.
0: Yeah, I, um, I have Zion here at four. The reason I have him bumped up a little bit is just because of how efficient he's been. Um, we saw his stat; I'm sure, where he like tied Shaq for like 25 straight games or something with 20 points and shooting over 50% from the field. Um, it's just like showing me that because he's not shooting jumpers or anything like that. Like, NBA defenses know exactly what he's going to do, and he's doing it anyway, which shows me that it's just kind of a brute force thing where he's going to get wherever he wants to go, and he's only going to get better. And, like you said, he's been better on defense this year. And it's the, the thing that I like the most about him is when Ingram's missed time, you really see how he could be like the leader of a team if, they, if you build it right. I think that roster's a mess. Um, for a million different reasons, but, you know, it's how he's out there with like Bledsoe and Stephen Adams, and he's kind of just scoring it well, which I don't think a lot of guys in the league could do. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, he's been just dominant, especially
1: these last years, like you said, with that stat. Um, yeah, I don't really know what they're going to do going forward. I think Ingram is a good player, but I don't think he's probably worth the money he's been getting or to build around as a quarter player compared to Zion. Um So this is where I had Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think he is just a super athlete. He does all the things you want a leader to do. Um, He has everything in his arsenal, mid-range, three. Uh, I mean, we saw it last year against the Nuggets, how good he was in that seven-game series, was clutched time and time again. Um, I think he's getting a lot more contributions now this year, off the bench, especially from – Jordan Clarkson, you know, Ingles has been really good all year. Bogdanovich was a huge piece they were missing because of injury. Um, You know, even George Niang has been good for them off the bench. Royce O'Neal has been good defensively. It really sucks that he's gone down. He's going to be down for um, a couple weeks here. But, I mean, he just carried this team all season. I think his ceiling is still well um, away. away. I think he still has a lot more he can do. And I'm really interested now that you know Dwayne Wade has that like he just bought like a stake in ownership or something there. Um, I think he's really going to I know they've, you know, worked together a little bit before, but I think Wade can really help Mitchell bring his game to like that type of level. And I'm really excited to see
0: where he goes. Yeah, I uh that was that was kind of a cool story that Wade bought in there. That's, I didn't see that one coming. Um but I have I agree with everything you said about Mitchell. I just had him a little lower. I have Booker here at three. Um, They've just been so much better than anything anybody expected. And maybe I shouldn't do that kind of recency bias stuff because we're looking forward, but um, he's, he's a lot bigger than the other two guards that are in the league right now. Not a lot, not a lot bigger, but he's big. And the jumper still with him kind of comes and goes, but like when he's not going, he gets into the paint and he gets to the line a lot and obviously the jumper looks great like he's going he's going to be a consistent shooter the rest of his career and i think even when chris paul can't be an old man legend still you know i think he really will have learned a lot in how to like lead a team and how to work in the gym and like how to eat right and all that stuff that like the best player has to do i think chris paul will like have, having been his teammate will have been made a huge impact on him and the growth this year shows me that i just think it's going to keep happening and i would take a shot on him at that 3
1: Yeah, so this is where I have Ben Simmons at. Um, He's grown on me this year. Um, I'm still not, like, the hugest fan, but his game overall has grown on me. Um, He's an elite passer, I mean, for how big he is, the way he moves with the basketball and gets into the paint. The big thing with him is I think this year you've seen him be um, aggressive a lot more often. I think too many times in the past he – had games where I wouldn't say he let up or he wasn't as aggressive as he needed to be where he'd score eight points in the first quarter. And then like, you wouldn't see him be aggressive the rest of the game. I think it's been a lot more consistent this year. And like you said, when Embiid's been out, I think Simmons has really carried the load. Um, And I'm really excited for them in the playoffs. I think they could legitimately um come out of the East and go to the finals.
0: Yeah, I agree. I love Simmons. You know that, um, it's just the the, jump, it's, the jumper stuff doesn't bother me, but it does set a hard ceiling on what he can do. I just think he's at the ceiling. He's getting, he's maxing out his potential as far as it goes. And it doesn't really seem like he's actually going to f- ever do it. I think for a while people were like, you know, it'll come. And now I think he's kind of showing it that it's obvious that he's like, no, it's just not interesting to me. So um, then I'm guessing our two and one are the same, unless I'm missing somebody huge. I have Tatum at two. Yep. And then Luca at one. Yes, sir. Yeah, both guys, I think, are kind of in a different stratosphere than everyone else on the list. Um, like Tatum last night met, matched Steph bucket for bucket almost, and Steph was still going absolutely insane, like he has been. Um, and he's just like – he's got the size. He's got the smoothness. Like he when he locks into defense when he wants to, um, he's unbelievable. And then Luka Doncic, I think, unless you're like a blind hater, I think everyone on earth would take him one, you know. As soon as Grayson Allen missed those two free throws the other night, I was like, he's going to make a three. Like, I I just felt it.
1: Yeah, it was an insane three. Tatum just – I think both these guys are going to win MVPs in the future. Um, I think we could easily see both them meeting in NBA finals here in the near future. Um, I think Tatum's kind of going to be the star of the Eastern Conference while Doncic will be the star of the West once the Durants and LeBrons are kind of – fading out in the next 3 to 4 years not even fading out but you know maybe taking a lesser step back for statistically um but yeah Tatum's like last night that game was nuts um Curry's been absolutely bonkers lately but Tatum like you said matched him bucket for bucket and that Luka 3 was just insane um I'm hoping they get him they're kind of a mess a little bit with what they want to do because I would hate for them to waste how good Luka is by not being able to figure out the proper pieces they need around because Porzingis has been really good lately, but um, I'm still concerned about him long-term. I don't really know what their whole entire plan is because they still have a lot of just guys on the team that are good, but I'm not sure that really fit what they want to do around Luka. Like they have Hardaway and they have, you know, Redick this year at the trade deadline, which I think he needs the shooters, but I just really think they did themselves a a disservice by getting rid of Seth Curry.
0: Yeah, I think, I think they felt so much pressure to do the the Porzingis trade. And I totally got it because Cuban struck out so many times in free agency. But the thing is now they're a huge destination. They're on TV every night because of Luca. Um, he's a great passer. I think people like him. It seems like the other players in the league like him, except for maybe Lillard. <laughs> and, and even him, that's not unfair of me to say. He's, he's never been personal with him. He just thinks that, you know, the fans are annoying, which I totally understand. And like, I just, so I think the Mavericks now would be totally fine being able to find a way to move on from Porzingis just to get the money. Because I think for the first time in, since Dirk was there, they've been a place where guys will go play. Yeah, 100%. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I think our list was pretty, we had a lot of the same guys. The biggest difference, I think, was just how far you had booked her up compared to me. But other than that, I think it was pretty consistent. Um, yeah, the, it's
0: the bonus kicking around down there. Um, I think he's probably maxed out who he is. Um you know, Jamal Murray, like I said, would would have probably been in there if, if not for the injury, and then, um, and then I had De'Aaron Fox just missing, who I know you've had on there. Yeah, I mean, I had Jalen Brown
1: right at eleven, Trey Young twelve, Sabonis at thirteen, so we were all right in the same wheelhouse. So now the season's kind of coming to a close here. I don't want to, you know, spend time going back and forth on ten through one. So what I think we're going to do here is I want you to give me your 10 through 1 for the East. I'll give my 10 through 1, and we'll do the same thing for the West because – so a little bit different this year. They're trying it. I think fans like it more than the actual players do as far as the play-in um, from the – so the 7-8 seed play each other, 9-10 play each other, and then whoever wins the 7-8 gets the 7 seed. Whoever wins the eight or the nine, ten gets to play the loser of the seven, eight seed for that final spot. I think is that how it goes? Yeah.
0: I thought it was seven, ten, eight, nine.
1: I'm pretty sure it's seven, eight, and nine, ten.
0: Oh, that doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: Maybe I could be wrong, but um, either way, it's going to be they're doing the play in, which I think some of the players hate. I know. Yeah. Those four
0: at the end of the day, those four will be two. Yeah. In some way. But I think, I think it's seven, ten, eight, nine because then I think. Being the seven seed doesn't totally you get some like advantage for it, you know what I mean? Yeah, and um, I think a lot of the players aren't huge. I know
1: Luca is pretty um, adamant about it, just because you know you work all year to get that eight seed, only to potentially have to play it in, and if you lose that like one game, you're out. Um, I think it makes it a lot more interesting, and I think it gives a team like the Warriors with Steph Curry where he could just go bananas for one game to get them in. Um. But yeah, let's go. Let's go ten through one for your East first, and then I'll give my ten through one.
0: Okay, um, that ten spots really tough for the East. I put the Wiz in there. Um, then I have Charlotte nine, Indiana eight, Atlanta seven, the Knicks, six, Miami five, Boston four, Milwaukee three, Nets two, Philly one. Which was another toss up. Didn't know who to put at one. Yeah, um, I'm.
1: Pretty close. I also put the Wizards at ten. I think they've been playing the best out of those teams that are kind of clumped together. I think Levine getting hurt is really gonna hurt the Bulls chances of potentially getting that spot. And as much as I would love to see Toronto just like get in and make a run and then host a playoff game, so maybe I could go see one. I just don't see them doing that. Um so I have the Wizards at ten, I have the Pacers at nine, Hornets at eight, Hawks seven, I have the Heat at six. Um, the Celtics at five,
0: the Knicks at four, the Bucks at three, Nets two, Sixers one. Yeah. So the, the reason I chose the Wiz is just because of star power, you know, I know for a fact their ownership wants to be in the playoffs. That's why, you know, and then they have Russ and Beal, which I think is easily the best two players. Cause I, I don't think Lowry's really going to be involved that much. And the Raptors have done like a lot of stuff that have made me think they're sneakily tanking um, just with like Russ, like Russ and like, the, everything's pretty much gone wrong for them, whether you think about where they're playing and injuries and that trade. I think Messiah is really smart GM where he's like, you know, I'd much rather get a lottery pick here than sneak into this. They might be too good to avoid it. and The Wiz might blow it, but that's why I put the Wizards in there. And then, like, they also – and the Raptors also give the ball to Pascal Siakam in the final minutes of every game. I think that's another way to tank. And then um, the Hornets I probably would have had higher, but I had them at nine because Melo and Hayward keep getting hurt. Otherwise, that they would have been higher for me. Um, Heat, Knicks, Hawks, I don't know, man. Flip a coin. But it seems like, to me, the Celtics have cemented themselves lately as the four.
1: Yeah, I really like the way the Knicks have been playing lately. That's why I kind of had them at four. I think they might just be able to get ahead of the Celtics. I'm still iffy on the Celtics just because I think Kemba's been so inconsistent this year. But I think Tatum and Brown might be able to hold down that four spot. They've been playing better um, lately. Um, so I think them as a four or five matchup actually be really fun. I think the Heat, just because of you know, them making the finals last year and having a great coach, I think they're gonna avoid having to do the play in game. Um, but it's it'll be close for sure. Um what about ten through one for
0: the West for you? So ten I have the Spurs, nine Warriors, eight Grizzlies, which is what it is right now. Um, I just think it's gonna hold. There's like fifteen games left, right? Yeah. Okay. When I have Portland at six – no, at seven, sorry, at seven, um, they actually have a negative point differential on the year, which I think is surprising because they're like six games above 500, which means they're getting killed when they lose. Um, and then when they win, they win, they're barely winning. And they have a really tough schedule the rest of the way. Um, I have Dallas at six. I felt a lot better about them passing Portland like a week ago, and then they've lost some easy ones. But Well, I guess the Knicks aren't easy, but they lost to like Houston and the Spurs a couple weeks ago. But they were on fire for a minute. And then I have the Nuggets at five. I think they're going to hold on by the skin of their teeth and then be a pretty easy playoff out. But they have so many games at home in the elevation there that I think they'll be able to figure it out. And then they have Jokic. They're basically, I think, going to play now to market him as the MVP and try to get that out of the season. So they're going to keep trying. Uh, Lakers at four. This would mean they get one of those two back soon. Um, they, They were able to sneak away with a couple wins lately. That I think no one saw coming, which is really going to help them stay up in the home court. And then I have the Clippers at 3. And then I have Utah at 2, which I, I only flipped Utah and Phoenix because of the Mitchell injury. But I think Phoenix is really pushing for for this, and they've been on fire. Yeah, so I have the Pelicans
1: at 10. Um, they've been playing really well lately. I'm, ho- I'm kind of riding the hand of Zion here that they'll jump the Spurs. I also have the Warriors at 9. Um, I actually have the Mavericks at 8. Uh, Grizzlies at seven, Blazers at six, Lakers at five, Nuggets at four. So we kind of just flipped those two. But then I also have um, Clippers, Jazz, Suns. I think the Mitchell injury is
0: going to prevent them from getting that one seed. Yeah, this, I put the Spurs in 10 just as a Pop Popovich play. DeRozan's been really good this year, sneakily. And they beat the bad teams, which the Pelicans don't always do. The Pelicans, will, Pelicans have a higher ceiling. They beat some good teams, too. The Spurs don't really do that. But the Spurs, I know, will at least take care of, like, the easy ones. And I don't know. I just can't put any stock in the Pelicans anymore. Yeah, I'm kind
1: of just hoping, because I like Lonzo, um, I picked him to win most improved the beginning of the year. I don't think he's going to win that. I think Julius Randle is kind of running away with that, to be honest. Um, but I just would – I kind of want to see the Pelicans in the playing game just to see Zion, Lonzo, and Ingram and how they do – um, in that type of environment. And then, so to close the show, I want to kind of leave it up to you how you want to question it. I want to kind of continue our conversation that you had texted me about the other night as far as like teams and players that maybe haven't turned it on that we thought were going to and kind of flip the switch. So I'll kind of let you, you know, word
0: that question however you want and we can kind of just go off of that. Well, yeah, so the heat or the main one that that sparked it, I think, all year, we were kind of just waiting for them to get healthy because the way that they play together and the way they're coached, I think we were like, exceeding won't matter, especially this year. They'll turn it up. But even when they've gotten right, you know, it just doesn't seem to click like it did last year in the bubble, which happened for a few guys um, around the league. But I just think, like, I don't think, I don't think it's fair to say that Hero needs to be the guy from the bubble last year, or Robinson for that matter but they got to be better than they've been for them to get anywhere near their their ceiling like right now i I think like he was so efficient and he was so and he'd make such opportune buckets that I guess he could get hot and do it again but he's been shooting so poorly and his confidence level just doesn't look anything like the same thing that um like if they got the bucks again right now I think they'd get run off the floor which last year I think we were both like I think I picked the bucks I'm sure you picked Miami but um, I thought it'd be like seven games. And, and this year, at least in Miami, just dusted him off the court. I think it'd be the total opposite this year. And I just don't, I think everyone maybe have maybe rushed Hero's development a little bit sooner, which is, it's kind of like, it's unfair, but it's kind of his fault by accident for setting the bar way too high too soon. Everybody, he's got, he's still got a frail frame. He's still 19 years old and he's confident enough to shoot it. But, you know, I don't know. Like, I think, he made a good point that he might need to take a dribble in and, and just get himself going a little bit some, some of these times. And the way the, the way these teams are coached now, they're just coaching so far against that that, I don't know. You know, Robinson doesn't do a lot of playmaking. Hero doesn't either. That a just really, really isn't humming for them, which doesn't seem like it's going to happen this year either. I just – they've been the big, one of the biggest letdowns in the league for me.
1: Yeah, and when
0: you were texting was, about it, I was – you know,
1: I like Hero. Like you said, I think because of how well he played last year, especially in the bubble, the expectation got set so high that he was like immediately this year going to be able to step in and be that kind of third piece next to Bam and Jimmy and bring them right back to potentially win a championship. And I think the big thing that I texted you about and you said I was spot on was if you look at what Robinson and what Hero have done differently since the bubble – you've seen Duncan Robinson adapt his game. He's been shooting more mid-range when he has to. He's found ways to cut into the paint and get some more easy layups and dunks. And him and Bam have kind of just, you know, tuned up their two-man game. And Robinson's still finding different ways to get off his, you know, clips of six, seven, ten threes per game. And for Hero, I just haven't seen him change anything like he's just doing the same moves that he did last year in the bubble and now teams you know can read him and know what he's going to do and I don't think it's a confidence issue because like you said I think he is never going to shy away from the moment I also just think that them losing Crowder and Derek Jones Jr. was so big because when those guys were on the floor and even if Jimmy was on the bench because of their defensive value you know, Hero is still able to kind of focus on offense and not have to worry about getting picked on on defense because, you know, you had defensive guys behind him that could bail him out. It's not really the same this year because Bam and Jimmy were hurt for a while and now they're both back, even with them back. They don't have those defensive rotation guys. I mean, Mielits is okay, but he's not nearly the defensive guy of a Crowder or a Derek Jones Jr. You know, I thought Avery Bradley was going to be that guy, but, you know, he was hurt all year. They bring in Oladipo, and I think Hero actually was playing really well in the few games that Oladipo was there because of how good Oladipo is defensively, but now he's hurt. So I think it'll be interesting once the playoffs come if Oladipo can find his groove. Maybe Hero can, you know, find a little bit of that magic from last year, but I think this offseason is going to be big for him to really just put on some weight and find some new ways to get himself, you know, involved. And they've just been changed, like, it's been a weird year for Miami. Like you said, like they had a bunch of guys on COVID. They had injuries. Um, they traded for Depot and they were trying to fit him in. Like It's just been weird, and Hero obviously hasn't been able to um, adapt as well. But, yeah, they've been disappointing for me. Um, I think the Raptors and the Mavericks have kind of been that, too. I thought Nick Nurse was just a really good coach, and I kind of thought they would turn it on a little bit and get themselves right back into that 4-5 range, and they haven't. And then the Mavericks, kind of the same thing with – Luca and KP, I thought that they were eventually just going to turn it on and start beating teams and move them, you know, way up. And they've been playing better lately, like you said, but um, they just haven't been the team I thought they were going to be this year either. And I think you could probably
0: toss Boston in there, too. Yeah, definitely. Boston's looked a lot better since the trade deadline. And the bull, and like I was going to say, for a team that's been disappointing, speaking of Boston trades, um, neither of us even mentioned Chicago for that, for the nine or 10 spot. And I think you could argue that, you know, they have two all-stars on the team. Not a lot of teams in the East have that at all. Um, this is a big off season for them because it's almost like a lucky injury for Levine, if you know what I mean, and that he's going to be able to bail him out as an excuse. But it's just if, – if it's another year of him putting up numbers that are insane and really not leading to anything. And now that he is Vooch, they really need to spend the summer trying to get, like, a set-the-table point guard because – they just don't have any play. I mean, the best playmaker on the team right now is Vucevic. And since he got there, he hasn't been shooting it the same. That if they, I mean, if, if they miss the playoffs, they have to be praying to get a Cunningham or a Suggs or just pay Lonzo Ball, whatever he asked for. Because I don't know where else you're going to get that guy. But if Levine is the guy bringing the ball up for you, you know, initiating the offense, I don't think, like, I think, you know, you're not going to get Chris Ball, but I think they need somebody to play that role for Levine's Devin Booker role, you know, next year.
1: Yeah, I was literally thinking the same thing. I thought that the Bulls this offseason can turn in, not necessarily turn into the Suns, because I think Chris Paul's so elite, and you know Booker's been more consistent so far, is true, than Levine. Um, and it, obviously, DeAndre Ayton's a lot younger and probably more poised for a role than Vucevic's at this point in his career. But if they can get an elite point guard or a good playmaker, I thought Lonzo, as you just said, would be a good fit. Um. It was actually last night. I was watching I don't know if you saw the clip. It was a three-on-one for them. It was like Valentine, Kobe White, and someone else. And they had a three-on-one. And Kobe White just like drove right into the defender, kicked it to the corner, and they kicked it to Valentine, who like bricked a three, like missed the back or hit the backboard. No rim at all. (laughs) No, I didn't see And, um, you know, it's a play like that that I'm just like, is it time for them just to try to package – like go get a player like ball and then package a Kobe White and Markinen who are young and have potential to go get another like big name player if they can. Because I think Kobe White and Markinen have some good trade value. I just don't know what type of player they wanna get to kind of pair with Vucevic and Levine. Yeah, I would definitely try to move
0: on from White. He's a good benchmark scorer, but he's just not he's not a good fit with Levine at all. And I think laurie has gone I think has gone this at the end this summer. I think he's free agent. Yeah, so
1: we'll see what they do there. I think Kyle Lowry could be an interesting name, depending on what they do, if it's sign and trade or, um, you know, we'll have to see. Um, But that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode. We'll be back in a few weeks. By the time we talk next, I think we're going to have a really good idea um, of what the playoffs are going to look like. I think we could probably do some um, award predictions and then talk about some potential um, first-round Matchups that we want to see, and just kind of where things are at on the injury front with Mitchell, LeBron, AD, and all those guys. Um, And I think it'll be a good discussion. Sounds good, man. Talk. These guys are good,
0: scary good. What a connection, Allen and Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.